Let's go to the hotline and welcome to this show. This is Anthony Beck. Anthony, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Mike. How's it going? Anthony is a uh, former football player and now a, uh, a sports commentator. And let me tell you, uh, how many teams did you play for, Anthony? Uh, well, the majority of my career was Jets, Bucks, and then I uh, rolled out with three other teams, so five total in my 12-year career. Five uh, total teams in, from 2000 to 2011. So that's so eleven years in the NFL, and then you're done. You're set for life, right? Well, I mean, yeah. I think that the one thing is you got to fill a little bit of a void as far as your day to day activity. And I just thought the media, the radio, the television would be a nice avenue for me to kind of stay in the game a little bit, have some fun, and you know, generate a little passive income. We're all looking for that, right? Yeah, yeah. How hard is that to get into? If you're uh, an athlete, because I would imagine, like, I never in a million years thought Troy Aikman would do it. Troy Aikman, you, you, first of all, I never thought he was sm- I didn't assume. I didn't know him. I just didn't think he was smart. And uh, and now he's, like, uh, the part of the most popular team. No, you're right. I mean, uh, I think for me, it's just, uh, you, I'm not like Troy Aikman or these guys with the rings and the Super Bowls. Played a long time. People know me, but... I think for me, I got to grind a little bit and kind of fight my way. I got to hustle. I'm a Philly kid, so I understand what it takes to get in there and make the calls and make the connections and and try to get those opportunities. And you know, Mike, I just got you know, be prepared. And when my opportunity comes, make sure I got content. Make sure I come in with some personality and just do the best I can. And I've been fortunate now, ESPN, get on it with a couple other. Uh, networks that uh, it's it's going well for me in this short uh, short time I've been doing it. Do you think it's because you're also a handsome guy? I'll tell you, I mean, if, if that's what you think, then you know what, I guess that goes a long way, but I try. The one thing I will say, though, is, you know, when you don't play anymore, the, the pantry that I walk by where my kids are eating donuts and cereals and cookies, I, for me, it's a little tougher to turn that down, being that I really don't have that purpose, so I, I do the suit test, so when that button gets a little tight, that's when I got to do a couple minutes of Stairmaster. You know? He's in good shape. He's a good-looking guy. Like, that's the thing. You want to put guys on TV even though it's going to sound completely gay, you don't want to put ugly guys on TV. Right, People yeah. are automatically That's turned true. off to that, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you get an old fat guy who used to, like, what, what? remember that the kicker for the perfect Miami team, whatever that guy's name, that foreign guy, uh, I, uh, your premium. Uh, you ever see that guy now? He looks like uh, he looks like if Super Mario was a real was a real human being. You don't want to <laughs> see a guy like that calling games. I mean, do, you, do you ever call a game? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm a college football analyst with ESPN, so every week I have a college football game. And uh, I actually, you know, I had a couple bowl games, and then I do studio stuff. And then, you know, Buccaneers, I do pre- and post-game show. I do in-house contributions for them. So, uh, you know, I stay on both sides of the spectrum, obviously having a little bit of knowledge of these college kids coming out is obviously, you know, perfect for this time of year with the draft. Totally. Thursday. How much much work has to go into... Uh, these are the questions I have all the time. I'm unloading them all right now on Anthony Beck. Sure, why not? What, well, how much work has to go into a college game for you? Like, I don't know anything about college football at all. But when you, yep. you find out this week you're doing Texas and something else, now you have to go find out about It's not like the NFL where you just you kind of in the back of your head you know about all these players. Yeah, you're right. You know, I kind of had every conference last year, so I kind of have a mixed bag of games, but you know, I, I didn't really know going in how to do it. You know, I think the best way I try to pattern myself is how John Gruden does his prep. I sat with him, you know, several weeks prior to getting into this business. And, you know, for me, it's it's, it's almost like football. You know, Monday, Tuesday, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m., I'm watching film. I'm breaking down the tape. I'm finding out, you know, what the teams are doing, how they run their offense, what's their scheme on defense, 
I circle their big-name players, and I watch those guys and get information and tidbits and write all my notes together. And then Wednesday, Thursday, I start putting it together. I have coaches' meetings, uh, conference calls, get some of the background information. You know, college is different than the NFL. NFL, you just call the game. Nobody wants to know about Johnny's mom in the stands and, <laughs> and what she's doing. College is different. They want background. They want fillers. They want storylines. So you add all that stuff, and then by you know Friday, well, I roll out to the uh, to the games. I got my they're called the flip cards, and they have all the guys' names and then lines. And I just fill in all my content, all my information. Now I don't read off those cards, but you know if there's information that I need that I haven't memorized already, I go right there and I'm fully you know I have a full content page for you know if there's an injury, maybe there's a delay in the game. I'll have all those pieces together so that there's no open holes left in the game. So it's a long process. I love it, though. I mean, breaking down tape, watching these kids. I mean, that, that's what I did for, you know, 15 years of my life, you know, playing college and, and pros. So it's really it's, it's been nice for me to kind of, you know, jump in and get close to the game like that. That's a lot of work. I bet you people think it's like this job. They think we come in for four hours a day and we're done. Right. I, I think you guys just show up at sun Saturday or Sunday, do the game, and you're out of it. But there's a lot that goes into it. We're talking to Anthony Beck. Anthony played for the Jets, the Bucks, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Chiefs. Who? What was the best city? You don't have to say Tampa. Well, you know what? I think you know coming out of college and going to New York. You know the media mecca. Everything was there. I mean, you're right there in Long Island and the city. I mean, everything that surrounded those five years there was just outstanding. The you know the network of people that I met, the opportunities, the food, the the places to go. I mean, that was like where you wanted to be. And if you could win some games, yeah. that was just you know. That was another, you know, hit right there. So, we, you know, it was a nice run for us up there, and I, I really loved playing there. But after five years, man, driving on 495 every single day from Long Island to the city and through the sea to get to the game, it kind of wore on you a little bit. And coming down to Tampa, obviously, was, was a nice fit for me also. Well, yeah, you still you live here in the area. Uh, what was the worst city? Well, I'd say, let's see, where Tampa. I wouldn't say it's the worst city, but, you know, when I was in St. Louis, I didn't see a lot of sun. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, very family-oriented town. It was just a real muggy kind of kind of place, dreary, you know, Midwest. But, you know, I enjoyed it because, you know, my kids were starting to grow a little bit. It was a nice family area. But wasn't too much to do in St. Louis. I didn't really, you know, I didn't think it was a, a great place as far as, you know, settling down. But And plus the team stunk. You know, we didn't win any games. I, probably the worst organization that I played for at the time coming from two winning organizations and get a little taste of that. So that was a difficult transition for me. But I learned a lot from it. You know, just kind of being a part of there and like scratching your head, thinking, "Damn, you know, this is what really happens at organizations like the Rams." Now, obviously, the organization's changed now, but when I was there, it was a bit of a loser for several years. Did you play with uh, with Simeon at all? I uh, yeah, I did. When I was in Tampa, Simeon was there. I believe two years of Simeon uh, when I was in Tampa. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if it was in Tampa or Arizona because one of the funniest things I ever, which Simeon got so much crap for, but uh, you know, I totally understood is when. He they, he was on Jim Rome show, and they were talking about Pat Tillman, and Pat Tillman had just left the NFL to go back in into the service. Right, and they asked Simeon what he thought about that, and he goes, "Well, it shows you how bad things are in Arizona." <laughs> 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 that's that's why I wasn't sure if that if you'd say that was the worst place to play. We're talking to Anthony Beck. Anthony, where will you be Thursday for the draft? So I'll be at the stadium. I'll, I'll be part of the uh, the radio broadcast. Uh, you know, just kind of breaking down really the majority of the first round. Obviously, we all know we got the number one pick. So that's going to go pretty quick uh, as far as the top of the draft. But, you know, there's a possibility the Buccaneers could make a move anytime you're, you know, uh, pick uh, 33, 34, 35, the top of the second. 
you can move into the bottom of the first round, get a guy. So there's a potential that could happen. So I'll be covering the majority of the first round at Buccaneer Stadium in Ray J uh, Thursday. What do you, what do you, I mean, there is no doubt that the Buccaneers take wins and he practically lives here, right? Yeah, I tell you, he's been around a couple of events the last couple of weeks. I've been to those events, uh, you know, very engaging kid. I would say, look, I never say 100%. I'm going to go 99%. I mean, you know, listen, we need a quarterback. Obviously, there's other voids we need to fill. You've got to protect the kid. You need offensive linemen. you got to get a pass rush. But, you know, you have an opportunity with Marriott and Winston there to kind of do your homework, study these guys, and figure out who you can plug in to be kind of the leader of the shit moving forward. And you, know, you got to get this one right. And I think when you look at both of these players, you know, who's pro-system ready? Everybody thought, well, what's pro-system? It's just that Mariota's offensive system that he did in college, it's going to take him a little bit longer to translate at the next level, whereas Winston's been doing that, and he's a high-end, you know, top-notch winner. So those are the things when you talk about, you know, quarterback situations coming in the league right now. I think Winston's going to be the choice at number one. Yeah, and that, and, and that's what everybody keeps saying. He's NFL ready. He's ready to go. The the I don't remember who it was, but somebody said this week that uh, that they think he'll he'll be the uh, a Jamarcus Russell type uh, bust. Do you see any of that? I really don't. I don't. This kid's all in on football. I mean, everything that I've talked to, and I've talked to a couple coaches and teammates of his at Florida State. Everything he does, as as far as preparation, game prep, in between the lines, this kid's mentally focused and all football. Now, yeah. there's an immaturity about him. There's there's obviously other things of him that he's going to have to get better at and really turn the corner if he wants to take that next step. But I just know that when he steps into the building and he comes to work, it's football and his status as far as what his abilities are, his knowledge of the game is very, very high. So those are the things you're looking for as far as a quarterback on the field to get it done for you. Yeah, I I know a lot of people that worked with him over at uh, when he was in college at FSU, and his reputation doesn't seem to... Uh, necessarily describe him. I mean, and when we th- hear it now, we think crab legs. We think the uh, the rape allegation, which he's still going to have to go through that civil trial. But for for the most part, everybody says he's he's not the what the reputation uh, says about him. That he's actually a really good kid. Do you get it, having talked to him? Do you get a feeling either way? Well, you know, it's always tough. I mean, you can always put a front up and be somebody you might not be. But I think genuinely. You know, he's more uh, mouth closed, ears wide open kind of kid. And that's the kind of guy that I want, a guy that's going to soak in the knowledge. I was at the Derek Brooks event and sitting down at the table with him for breakfast, all Scott, Jerome Bettis. And these guys are talking, and he's just soaking the information in. So those are the things you want. Those are the qualities you want. I mean, these are other situations that he's going to have to deal with early in his career. And listen, Mike, you know as well as I do, you start winning games, you start putting some things together, putting up some numbers, those things quickly go away. It's just a matter of, you know, can he mature, take that next step? And I think you look at Levy Smith, you look at some people, he's got obviously some handlers around him uh, that are going to help him, you know, through this through this process. You know, not just become a better football player, but become a better man. I mean, when you're all in, you've got to be all in with a guy. You take a guy, number one, that's got some issues, got to grow up, you got to be behind him, not babysit him, yeah. be there for him. You can't just draft a kid like Johnny Manziel and just think, okay, he's going to be good, he's going to come to the league. It just doesn't happen that way. you got to make sure you have support for that player. And I think they're going to have that in place for him. Well, I, I hope so, because the one thing I worry about is the Josh Freeman-type situations where next thing you know on a Friday night he's hanging out in South Tampa <laughs> right. and, and he gets mixed up with the wrong crowd and uh, he lets it, it, you know let that end up leaving his life. But they seem like they prepared for that pretty well. well I hope we, I hope it works out. I hope he, uh, he comes here. What? Give me one case scenario 
that you can see them making a move that's not Winston? Like, what would it, what would it, who would they trade with? What would they do? Is there something like that that, that you think might even be available? Well, I mean, these are all long shots. I really think they got less than a 5% chance of happening, but they could take Marcus Mariota at number one. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be surprised, but I mean, they could go that route and then they could trade. And, you know, to me, you got to get yourself a franchise quarterback and, and a plethora of picks. So you look out there who's willing to potentially trade or uh, people have been talking about is Philip Rivers. And, you know, if you get a Philip Rivers in here, then, you know, you got to seriously think about, you know, that and what else you get with him. So, I just don't think those things are happen. I think it plays out just the way it is. They'll beat the number one pick, and they're going to go Jameis Winston. And you know they got to make some hay on that second and third round picks too, guys. So you know we need some more help, more players in here to get this team rolling and get better than they had a season last a year ago. If they don't go Winston first round, first pick, uh, are you guys prepared for people to just lose their mind there yeah. at the stadium? <laughs> well, it's hard because he's been in the area so much. You know the media. You see him around when he came for his visit. It just seems. It's so obvious to people that, you know, I think it's it built in their minds that this, you know, if it didn't happen, I could see myself on the stage like that, the crowd, just be like, what is going on? <laughs> I think it'd be, it'd be crazy, no matter where you are, if you're a Bucks fan, though, I think a lot of those fans would be, like, scratching, like, wow, like, this yeah. is a, a definitely a curveball. Well, uh, Anthony Beck will be at the stadium. We'll be right up the block at uh, Brickhouse Tavern. And uh, I, it's going to be a it'll be a fun night. I mean, we went to the draft for the last couple of years and yeah, watched, but certainly nothing with the impact that this is going to have uh, this week. Real quick, being a Philly guy, what do you think about Tebow going over to the Eagles? I think it's a non-factor. You know, uh, he's a great kid. He's an outstanding college player. But to me, you know, there's nothing he can do on the field for them that's going to help them as far as where he's listed now and and what he can do. That I think the biggest mistake Tim made was not going somewhere and playing the game and enhancing his skills. And not just meeting with a guy and trying to get things better that way with one-on-one stuff. Go to Canadian League, play, do something where you got to face a defense and make decisions. People think it's his arm and he can't throw. Those are part of it, but really it's processing information. He doesn't do a good job of that, and that's been his issues. You cannot learn that one-on-one with a, a quarterback instructor. You have to go out there against live bullets and get better. So that's, that's where he's got to play catch-up. And, guys, he's behind the eight ball with that right now, I and mean, he's not going to get serious reps, you know, right now at the third position uh, with the Eagles right now. So I think it's a, you know, bring him in, get him a couple reps, see what he can do. Uh, you know, if, are you really going to pay a third-string quarterback a, a league minimum of $660,000? I don't see that happening, so I don't know if he'll be there uh, game one for the Eagles roster this season. Well, if he is, and at least you know if he's got to go through a learning period, it's a nice, quiet place like Philadelphia to do it, where <laughs> yeah. fans will treat him <laughs> great. The press will be just wonderful with everything right. he does. Uh, Anthony Becht is a uh, former uh, football player. He's an analyst. You'll hear him on the radio and see him on TV. And uh, fortunately, it, I, this is one thing growing up in New York that we never had when I was a kid, and that's the opportunity to have professional football players do football camps. Uh-huh. And I don't think even in, if he did, if, uh, when I was a kid, if he'd be able to afford to go to Lawrence Taylor's uh, cocaine and football camp. <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, Anthony Beck, footballcamp.com is the website address. When does that start up? Uh, well, there'll be, first there'll be no cocaine at my camp. No, no, no. It was a, it's a different decade, different player. Yeah, you're good. So June 15th, 16th, 17th, and you're right. I mean, Mike, for me growing up, I didn't have that either. And I loved the game of football. I didn't have a camp in my, you know, in my hometown, let alone, you know, in the city of Philadelphia. I could go and, and learn one-on-one football. You know, I've, I've been running camps for 10 years. I brought the, the, the Tampa camp here the last five years at Land O'Lakes High School. 
and uh, it's for first through eighth grade kids. Whether you've thrown a football once in your life or you've, you've, you've played football a thousand times as a kid, you know, we can teach you everything about football in a fun way. Non-contact, everything. They learn all the positions. And the biggest thing about it is I bring NFL players, and over 100 players over the last 10 years have come to my camps, work with these kids one-on-one. They come to the camp, and they sweat with these kids. They don't just come shake hands and they go home. That's the biggest thing about it. I make these guys come in and teach these kids something. And it's not just football. It's about getting the message across for them at lunchtime. We have them talk to the kids about academics, accountability, respecting your parents, what it takes to be a good teammate, work ethic, sacrifice. These are things that I didn't get to talk about that I had to learn and maybe make mistakes over time to get, you know, to understand what that is, where they can get this right now. And if I can get those 100-plus kids at the camp, if five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of those kids can take something from that and draw from that and make them better growing up, then I've done my job. So yeah. go to Anthony Beck, B-E-C-H-T, footballcamp.com. You can register online. we got great specials. Pound, dollar for dollar is the best value of any camp. I'll put it against anywhere. The gifts, the package they get, we get. We have over 30 sponsors, Mike, for the camp. Food, lunch, drinks, everything's taken care of as part of your camp value. Love to get your son out there. Learn him. I know he's a baseball kid. Uh, we'd love to get them out there and, and teach them a little bit about the game of football. Yeah, I, and that's good because I'm going to be honest with you. Um, uh, although it may be surprised by my appearance, I have very little athletic ability. So <laughs> if I if I want to teach him about uh, football, I, I mean, what better way to do it than from professional athletes and guys who've been there? But also, you you uh, for a kid my age is young. He's eight. He gets to learn and see if if football is something he likes. And this is the right way to do it. Because a lot of times these kids are playing flag football at school and they don't know. They don't know the, the difference. What do they do? They, you have equipment out there or what do you, what do you, how do you do that? Yeah, so basically, you know, it's non-contact. So in the morning we, we go offense. We have stations. So every position is at a station. They'll roll through the stations and they'll learn the craft, you know, from the basics. And they'll get themselves up, you know, a little more technically after the third day. And they'll work with players, coaches. And then in the afternoon, we do defense. And then the last hour of the camp, uh, we'll have our game. So we'll put these kids in. We'll put them with uh, uh, teams that be 7-on-7, seven 8-on-8. Seven, eight eight. We'll have about five games going. They'll go against kids in their age group. And they'll just have fun. We'll have some of the celebrity football players be the quarterbacks for the team. So you'll have some fun there, catching some balls from guys like Vincent Jackson and myself or Vinny Testaverde. So those are the kind of the fun things you get to do out there. But and I think the best thing for me is, you know, I've had every year I have kids come up and they've never played the game before, and their parents walk them up to me, and the kids are crying, they don't want to be there, they're nervous. I say, listen, take, give me a chance, give me one day, and I promise you you'll have the, great, the greatest time. And by the next day, these kids are the first ones on the field running out there, can't wait to get to the football camp. Their parents come up to me and say, wow. I was like, after one day, this kid was knocking on our door, getting us up to make them breakfast and come out to the football field. So that's what it's all about. So you're going to have fun, kids enjoy, kids love it. You know, it's also about playing with, you know, being around kids, teammates, being social. You know, we lose touch about that with sports because, you know, down here in Florida, especially, like, everybody plays one sport, you know. Yeah. You've got to play multiple sports. You know, my son has to play something else besides football. So this is just another way to kind of get them full circle, being around the kids, have a fun time, and learn a great game. If you ever, in a million years, we ever thought you'd sign your kid up to a football camp and he'd be getting balls from Vincent Jackson and, yeah, and right, yeah. Testaverde and getting to hang out with Anthony Beck every day. Uh, Anthony Beck, footballcamp.com. It's B-E-C-H-T, footballcamp.com. 
uh, check it out if you want to send your kids over there. I'm, I'm going to try and uh, see, fill my kid out and see if he wants to go this year. I think it'll be cool. Check out Anthony Beck. He'll be at the stadium on uh, Thursday for the draft if you want to go by and check that out. I appreciate you coming on the air with us. I think we all know what's going to happen. We'll all be swerved if they take somebody else or announce they sure. trade that pick. Do you think it's odd that they haven't announced it yet? I mean, isn't that something they usually do? Well, you know, I think in the past with the big numbers, you know, before the new CBA, when you're talking $60, $65 million, you try to get a deal in place so you don't have holdouts. That's different, guys. Now, you're only guaranteeing $22, 23000000 million. I say only, but that's over five years. So you're not investing yourself like times of the past. So you don't really have to worry about it. These guys are slated. They're going to come in. Heck, Winston can sign the next day because he already knows what he's getting. It's already slated and slotted. So those are the things you don't really have to worry about anymore. And I just think, listen, they're fielding phone calls. I mean, there's teams calling then, I'm sure, trying to put something on the table, and they're going to keep their, you know, the phone lines open. I mean, why wouldn't you? If you can get the team that much better because somebody wants that number one pick, why wouldn't you listen? It's Green Bay. We can get Brett Favre to come back again <laughs> and play with you guys. Uh, Anthony, I appreciate you coming on the air. Good luck on uh, on Thursday for the draft, and hopefully we'll see you out there at the, uh, the football camp. You got him, Mike. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right, pal. Take it easy. There he goes. Anthony Beck. I like that dude. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.